Hey, everybody. Producer Eric here. Uh, and we have some listener emails that we want to read really briefly. Uh, let's see. The first one is from Chris. And Chris says, hi there. From what I can tell, it's a homebrew system versus one of the official ones that have been produced, question mark. Thanks for the question, Chris. By now, you've um, probably heard our, our podcast, if you're listening at all. We, we addressed this in the first two episodes. And uh, there was a question last week about this as well. And we promised a video where we would go through what rules we're using. So um, hope we get that posted soon. Um, Eric, you think that's doable? Oh, yeah. Next week or so? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to post it on YouTube and then a link and, and you'll, you'll find it. So next, next question. Next. next. This one is not so much a question. This is from Sean. It's not so much a question as it is a commentary. Um, mm -hmm. So he says, Sean says, loving the podcast. Please keep it up. Really takes me back to my own gamer days of Star Frontiers and Marvel superheroes. Marvel superheroes. Cool. Um, I'm sure you're probably well aware of these sites, but I wanted to suggest a couple of reference websites for you to use in researching and fleshing out your sessions. These sites can save time if you're in a pinch and don't have an opportunity to watch an entire episode. Uh, the first website that Sean recommends is... Uh, xastrisciencia.org and I will include the URL in the description. Of... It's a bit of a mouthful, yeah. Yeah, and there's some dashes in there too. x-asterisciencia.org um, Great encyclopedia. So Sean says that this site has, is a great encyclopedia style site full of different articles and references and he appreciates the actual redshirt death count article. <laughs> uh, nice. which would be yeah, I, I think that it's actually less of a uh, less of a body count than one would think. But um, the next website that he recommends is chakotea.net. Like, uh, like Chakote, but with a ya. I don't know how you spell Chakote's name from Voyager, actually. Slash Star Trek slash index.htm. Again, I'll put the URL in the description of this recording. And he says about this one, transcripts of all episodes and movies, including the animated series, Sometimes it's quicker and easier to refer to a transcript than watch an episode, not to diminish the value and pleasure of watching Star Trek. And then, of course, he signs off appropriately, live long and prosper. Perfect, Sean. Thanks for those tips. We love it. I think I've used that the transcript site from time to time. It is super useful to be like, I remember that thing. What was it? And then you just open up the, the, the page. You can just Google, you know, uh, Enterprise Incident transcript, and, and that site is always the one to, to pop up. So that's really great. Um, and then Ex Astra Scientia has come up in my searches from time to time, stuff about when I was trying to figure out how warp factor scale works and all that sort of stuff. It really has compiled a lot of stuff from magazines over the years and probably some original articles as well. So, yeah, cool stuff. Thanks a lot, yeah. Sean. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, thanks for the Sean. Yeah. And all you listeners, go check out those sites. Sean is right. Now, Phil, we also yeah. received a third email that is very interesting. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I got um, a private message from uh, Michael Scott. So he's the author of the, um, the rule set that we use and also the first two adventures. So we're very pleased 
to hear that Michael Scott has listened to our first episode. We're, we're both pleased and also a little bit like uh, a little bit mortified. We weren't completely kind towards that adventure. Um, and, and Scott and Michael Scott was like, Hey, listen, you know, I, I, uh, he basically, I don't want to read all his email because I wasn't sure if he, if he wanted us to, to read it, um, on the air, but, um, he basically said, for God's sake, it was the seventies. It was just like, uh, they just wanted a tiny slim booklet to fit on the rack along with the miniatures that they were selling. And um, and I just wanted to familiarize players with how the game was supposed to work, and 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 I think you know, I think to be fair, that's basically what we said in our review is that like, it's amazing how much you packed into two pages, mm-hmm. and it really, although it was not the most imaginative um, scenario, it helped us to learn the mechanics of the game. It helped me as a game master, and I think when we've talked about this over the year, you know, over the episodes. Um, over the years, over the episodes uh, that follow, we sort of said, I wouldn't necessarily have it any other way. It wasn't like, you know, anything to write home about, but but that's kind of okay. That helped us to learn the game. So um, I think we, we did a pretty good job of putting it into context. Um, you know, anyway, so then he proceeds to gush. Uh, he's obviously a gamer's gamer. He's talking about how he's currently running the Star Trek Adventures RPG, which is the currently imprint Star Trek RPG highly recommends it. Um, it covers all the things that you know that we do in our game. We you know we fill in the blanks from other rules and stuff. Um, mod, uh, rank advancement, shipboard versus landing party play, and yes, romance are all covered by that rule set. So he highly recommends it. Um, he's got a lot of anecdotes about uh, his campaign. So um, you know, so I. I, this guy sounds really neat, and I, I reached out to him and, and asked him if he would be interested in being uh, interviewed on our podcast. So uh, so he agreed. Indeed. <laughs> and we shall look forward to our interview with Michael Scott uh, forthcoming. I, that's going to be really fun. I, as, as a gamer, I really appreciate the history of games. Um, I, I play a lot of video games and I, I've worked in video games and I love in in both in games and in art and anything that's that's cultural, you have to understand the history of where you're coming from. And so Michael Scott, as the progenitor of the Star Trek RPG, I really looking forward to hearing his insights and his experiences and how that's going to inform um our view of of the game yeah and no matter what we i don't even remember what we said about the first um module at this point but no matter what we said it doesn't discount what a huge contribution he made and what his work meant and i'm looking forward to hearing all of his stories and anecdotes yeah i'm thrilled i'm looking forward to it so we'll do that in a few weeks. Um, additionally, one other thing that he mentions is that he is currently working on a PDF of Starfleet Voyages. Do you want to talk about that, Phil? Yeah, I think we can get more into that in in, in, in the interview, but um, he, he had several different versions of this RPG, and one of them was um, kind of uh, not not an officially licensed version it's super rare, 
Apparently, it's got more detail to it than the version I have. Anyway, he's looking forward to publishing that on, you know, the usual sites where you can download PDFs and stuff. So that's that's very exciting. Something else to look forward to. Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, emailing us. We really appreciate hearing from our listeners. Um, if you, dear listener, are interested in contacting us, uh, please email us at rpgpopclub at gmail.com, or you can visit our website, rpgpopclub.com, and we have a form where you can submit a message, and I will read it. <laughs> Not me. Definitely, definitely, definitely Eric. Um, one other thing I want to call out is that if you do decide you want to be a Patreon sponsor, we also have a Discord. So if you want to have direct access to us through that, you can sign up for our Patreon. Then that link is also on our website, rpgpopclub.com. All right. Awesome. On to our podcast. On to the podcast. RPG Pop Club. RPG Pop Club. RPG Pop Club. RPG Pop Club. Yeah! Hi, I'm Philip Sokoloff. And I'm Sarah Nicole Carter. And this is RPG Pop Club. Each week we play a Star Trek tabletop RPG adventure. And then we review it. Today we are playing, again, Troublesome Tribbles. <laughs> We're joined today by one of our players, Andre... <laughs> who plays Lieutenant Igor Petrenko. How are you doing, Andre? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Yay. great to have you. Dude, uh, you're already kind of a... Yeah, you're already kind of a running joke on the show, um, being our resident Star Trek virgin. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how do you like... How do you like the episodes that you've seen so far, the Tholian Web and the Trouble with Tribbles? Um, I, I did enjoy them. It's kind of funny. I, I think my notion of what Star Trek is like is, is probably from some later shows. You know, I imagine yeah. Picard is the captain and, and, you know, it's more serious. It's funny that way. So going back to the original ones, which I assume these were, it, 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 there's a lot more humor, a lot more kind of tongue-in-cheek, you know, stuff going on there. So it was surprising and kind of um, welcoming at the same time. I thought I was going to be overwhelmed. Yeah. Definitely. Um, you're, uh, well, what you, so what you bring to the table, it's really cool to have you as part of the group because your unfamiliarity with Star Trek has brought, brought a unique... Uh, play style as well into the group um like you casually mentioned at one point that you're carrying a laser rifle and i think the whole rest of the group just burst out laughing because it's just so unidiomatic to star trek you're like so yeah i, I was like what weapon do you have <laughs> i didn't even know that existed but it made it super fun yeah well it's interesting to see and it'll be continue to be interesting to see an outsider's approach to a star trek game well i hope I hope I don't reveal too much of that going forward. I'm sure it will happen here and there. It almost uh, makes me want to like have you not watch any more episodes just, just to perpetuate <laughs> the situation and have that fresh outsider's look. But uh, 
it's also fun for everyone to watch it. So it is fun, actually. Um, one one thing, it's kind of unique, really, to RPG to have a show that that you can visualize some of the the scenes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I found that to be very interesting. It, it you know obviously can't be the same plot, but really gives you context like like no other um, type of setting so far. Yeah. Well, we've definitely been talking about that, the fact of the the modules being sequels or rehashes of the episodes, and we'll be getting more into that, I think, right now. I mean, so you mentioned that the, the show is funny. So we watched The Trouble with Tribbles. Uh, everyone knows about The Trouble with Tribbles. Um, but uh, it's not really a typical Star Trek episode. It is unique to the to the series and being really a comedic episode well and, to me you know one, one of the things that and again you know people who who love star trek and who have watched it uh, for for decades to them it's probably not a big deal but uh when i first heard some you know another crew member refer to james um james kirk right yeah jim it's like, yeah. oh, he's just Jim. He's not some Jim. legendary, you know, captain. <laughs> so yeah. Well, that's how they were trying to show that they were they were still normal human beings, even though they were in space. Um, so uh, there's also so there's the Trouble with Tribbles, which is an original series episode. And there's also an animated uh, episode which I think some of us watched. More trouble, more tribbles. Oh, sorry, <laughs> more tribbles, more trouble. The trouble, the troubles, and then more troubles, more trouble, and uh, and then this module is again troublesome troubles. So super original there. Um, what did you guys did you guys watch the animated episode? I, I did not. I watched um, the one that Eric recommended as from the from uh, Deep Space Nine. Which you was did watch cool. the Deep Space Nine one. I did. Yes. Awesome. Oh, cool. Sorry, I Cole, watched did that you see, too. Did you see the animated no, I, one, Sir I didn't watch that animated one. Okay. But isn't the okay? So I just looked it up. A Deep Space Nine episode is called Trials and Tribulations. Trials and Tribulations. So yeah. I think that's important that we bring that to everyone's attention. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of episodes with troubles and tribbles. Um, well, I just want to I remark. I love that Deep Space Nine episode. Sorry to interrupt you, Phil. No, I think. That is great. a great I, episode. I did not have a chance to watch it, but um, I've seen clips of it, and it seemed like really meticulously well done, and um, had a lot of it recaptured some of the good humor of the original. Yeah, good. So I, I'll just I'll just mention to you guys since I did watch the animated episode, um, it did not recapture the humor of the original episode very well. It fell flat in a couple different ways. Um. What what makes the original episode so successful is the interplay between the characters is just like so well done. Each line delivered like so well by Spock, by Kirk, by Scotty, by all the the special guests. Uh, it all just hangs together on um, like like you can see it really falling flat. You know what I mean? But but it it, it works so well. In the animated episode, you don't get any of the like real. The, the delivery. I mean, it's just kind of animated characters, which don't really uh, move very well. And then also it's a sequel. 
but it it hangs on you having watched the original. So usually in Star Trek, the original series, you don't have to have watched any other episode, right? And and that's another thing Andre alluded to, where like there isn't a whole, a whole lot of lore. It's just kind of like, hey, it's Jim on a spaceship, and that's kind of all you need to know. But in the animated episode, it's like there's a whole long sequence where they've got someone that they've rescued, and he's in the transporter, and can they bring him on board? And they finally bring him on board, and it's it's Cyrano Jones, and that's the like da da da, and it goes to commercial break, and that's just so like. Uh, okay, I mean it's it's just fan servicey in in a kind of lame way. I thought I'd bring that up because that might be something to look for in this module as well that we played. <laughs> um, so let's jump right in, shall we? The module we played is again troublesome tribbles. It was published in 1983 as part of the adventure book, which was in the um, uh, the Star Trek, the role-playing game box set by FASA. This is the first sort of polished Star Trek RPG that ever came out. And so this was one of the first Star Trek adventures to ever be um, released to the public. And um, the set had three, three designers, Guy McLemore, Greg Payline, and Dave Teepool. And... Um, I believe Greg Payline was the one who wrote this adventure. Commander's Log, Stardate 7177.6. The USS Cody is en route to uh, research station 7 on planet Aleph 3. I have received instructions that we are to land on Aleph 3 and proceed to the research station the, uh, the people on the research station will not know that we are coming because of subspace radio interference. We'll have to uh, authenticate ourselves to them, and then the research station is being closed and we will take them off. However, LF3's environment is rated as hostile in early survey records, so we will need to be very, very aware while we are down there. Uh, however, it is an M-class planet, so no environmental suits are necessary. A little bit of uh, information dumped from Dave there. Let's move on to our next segment, which is called Landing Party. This is where we meet each member of the crew. Real name, Dave. I play Lieutenant Colin McDonald of Clan Ronald. I am acting commander. Hi, I'm Ava, and I play Ensign Ingrid Jensen. She is a half-Romulan Scandinavian science officer aboard the USS Cody. So, my name is Dree. I'm a Lieutenant Igor Petrenko from Ukraine. This is, uh, my name is John. I am Cadet Alejandro Roca Solano. I'm from Spain. I'm in the engineer department. Uh, I am Ensign Valentin Laurent. I am Ensign De Los Santos. So my name is uh, Trist. I'm a doctor. Um, I'm Argelian. So I'm a Vulcan. My name is Tapru. Commander, uh, we've just received orders from Starfleet. We're instructed to proceed to the Federation Genetics Research Station 17 on planet LF3. This is in our patrol area. Uh, the genetic research station is being closed by order uh, of the division, and we're instructed to rendezvous with the station 
uh, and aid them in closing down. Uh, however, the planet has certain uh, magnetic ores that make it impossible for any kind of communication, save personal face-to-face uh, -face communication. So we'll need to land a shuttlecraft and proceed to the genetic research station itself. Uh, I have also here some face-to-face uh, -face codes uh, that we can, identification codes and explanations that we can deliver to the base administrator and staff. Again, as I mentioned, we've been allotted about three days time to help them uh, finish the last of their experiments uh, and take all essential uh, materials plus all the personnel and escort them uh, to deep station, uh, deep station K7 for reassignment. Okay, very Again. well. Should we have uh, Lieutenant Laurent laying a course? Make it so. All right, laying in a course. All right, you guys, uh, it'll take about three days at normal cruising speed of, of uh, warp three. During those three, during, this, during those three days, you can uh, play some bowling. You can watch some Star Trek, um, whatever you want to do. Um, I, uh, I ro romance <laughs> Lieutenant Jensen, of course. Lieutenant Laurent has been hitting the uh, onboard gym, doing a lot of yoga. Yeah. Uh, in order to improve his dexterity, he figures his hand-eye coordination produces an improvement. So that's what he's doing over the, the three days. That's what he's been doing and continues to do. Eric, you doing yoga? That's cool. That was some uh, in-character justification for his increase in dexterity from his leveling know, up. It's very good. Very good. good. Very good. <laughs> to prove yeah, and I are right. having a bowl off. Alejandro is um, just uh, relentlessly studying his material on engineering. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as a cadet, shouldn't he just be partying? <laughs> no, I have to focus on my studies. I want to gain rank Boring. someday. <laughs> he's, he's an earnest cadet. Oh, John is the earnest cadet. Such a big, drastic change from his other character. I like it. <laughs> Although I, I prefer it when he's Jarvising, I really do. Yeah. I'm sure he will Jarvis on <laughs> Jarvis occasion. Jarvis once more. <laughs> uh, pretty sure he was stoned during this last uh, gameplay because <laughs> it was pretty low key for him. Right? Okay. Lieutenant Petrenko was um, put, taking apart his laser rifle and lubing it up and cleaning it and putting it back together. <laughs> Um, blindfolded a couple of times. Andre, I love your commitment to your laser rifle. <laughs> I love that it's turning into like a, a named gun situation. This is fun. It's um, yeah, it's it's actually turning to be a multi-use kind of item. If you remember, <laughs> I I prodded that animal with it. Yes, it's like, dude. It's like a ten-foot pole in D and D. Andre, this is exactly why we had you on tonight so yeah we love it also, did you look up a picture of what one actually like how big it is also like when one, one of those comes out in the original series it's like a special occasion gun right okay it's so i looked exciting. that up in more detail because there's also in the rules there's a phaser rifle which is also called a type 3 phaser which they design and it's in the writer's guide too so it's it's a thing they really envision envisioned as being part of the show and they made one for the pilot where no man has gone before, right? Spock sort of just like shows up with it and just sort of like has that sassy like, yep, I got this. <laughs> and then and then Kirk takes it to like to take out um uh you know this god. Um but that's that's a phaser rifle. So the laser rifle I think is just in the rules 
they have a bunch of archaic weapons in the rules because presumably you're going to be encountering, encountering civilizations with, with all manner of um, technology levels. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's probably even more huge than the phaser rifle, I would guess. The we'll phaser rifle, and... though, that's the one with like the, the two little tubes on it and the yep. big sticky outy nose. But then there's those, those like gun phasers that are like a handgun size. Right? Yeah. Am I crazy right now? Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. you're right. That's a phaser two. <laughs> A phaser, oh, okay. a phaser two is like a pistol, right? And the phaser yeah. three is the is the rifle. All right, I'm with you. And the phaser one is the one that looks like a garage door opener. So I would be okay with you know if if need be swapping the laser rifle for a phaser rifle, but but it has to be a rifle shape. Well, that'll have to happen in character. You have All to, right. but have look to up the it. pictures, and and okay. make sure you know what you want. I think I I think I know what you're what you've got. It's that thing that that episode we watched with that cool doctor with the bob and the pants. Yes. And Kirk has it, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. That's it. So there's also in the rules that we're using, there's a um a vibro blade uh -oh. and also a vibro sword. <laughs> hey you know what I that is, this. right? <laughs> it's a freaking lightsaber. And it says it's used by the Gorn. So that's pretty awesome. Andre, you don't know about the Gorin. It's perfect. Not yet. I can't wait to induct you into all the lore. Well, let's quit bullshitting. Don't get too excited, Phil. I'm sorry. It's the whole the gun talk, you know. <laughs> yeah, L Lieutenant De, De Los Santos's activities also included blindfolds and lube as well. <laughs> <laughs> But what do Ensign I mean, I'm, she can decide if she was involved in that or not, but uh -huh. yeah. I mean, girls don't tell. Bring in on the Ensign Jensen romance. I can't tell if Ava's into it or just being nice to him. Um, I hope she's having fun. I think she's just role playing it. Yeah. I yeah. think she's game. I don't think she's like into it, into it. Well, no, not like that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't no, tell. Cool. I can't tell if her character's into it. Now that's a good point. Yeah, her character's like going along with it, but maybe like. But she always is like kind of like. Eh, thing. Oh well. She just that might as well. Do stuff with her thighs. I don't know. <laughs> Phil, I need like I need. I think a good idea would be if if there was ever a romance that you know that passes the saving throw initially every session they need to roll again to see if, if some shit you know happened in between and they're now you know okay not cool i, I love should... this idea drew right? that's a great idea i mean a, a relationship has to be maintained by a successful roll of the dice <laughs> so, I love it. Not... <laughs> it's so good so i should I should um I should put the whole rules up on our website because they're really hilarious and actually we're only using a portion of it because there's a whole reaction rule where anytime anyone meets anyone else there's a chance that they fall in love. Oh, why are we attracted. doing that? So like that's, that's so just fun. that's just like par for the course for every inter every time anyone meets anyone. 
I love that soul. You know, I, I love that. <laughs> is, it, is, it the, is it the 60s, everyone, or is it modern, everyone? So, in other words, can I fall in love with, with Dave's character? Well, it, it is written that uh, it would have to be the opposite sex. Oh, okay. But, you know, but that was the, you know, I don't know. We could... Um, we could uh, we could house rule it, dude. If that's that's where you, the way you want to go, I think that's a good house rule. Um, that might have made. So one of the things we want to talk about in this module, there's a whole like, there's a whole cast of NPCs, and uh, and there's like nine of these other people, and they all have like personalities, and they all have stats, and they all have like stories, and. Um, and it might have come out more if we'd like, well, okay, now we got to roll for like, we could have spent the whole session like, just like rolling um, romantic reactions between each of the pairings of the possible pairings of the character. Let's see. You're, nine. You're describing my perfect night. <laughs> it's like, so uh, 17 total people. Um, what is the, uh, the formula for like all the possible combinations? The formula is. X equals fun. <laughs> so we just have to roll for all of those. And then just like figure out all the who's jealous of whom and like so and so likes them, but they don't like them. You're, I I am ready. I, I gotta tell wait. you guys, this is like a rule that I I saw, you know, it was the first expansion to the rules. It was in some magazine somewhere. These romance rules, and I was like, haha, okay, stupid. But like I've had to use these. In every session lately, so uh, it's. I think. I think romance, as, as we've spoken about before, romance and sexiness are a very important part of this franchise. Yeah, and so we should be adhering to these romance rules. That's right. And I think we'd all enjoy it, and without getting too much into it right now, we might have had more experience role-playing with those characters right and gotten mm -hmm. to know this module even better you know yeah it's true it may be okay. true yeah i don't know i just want to roll to see who is into everybody i can't wait I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, excited. it'll be very interesting i don't think you should tell people what they're rolling for at first and then <laughs> yeah, roll up, roll an int check. Here we go. Wait, what is it? Intellect. This is every, every roll that I'm going to ask anyone to do. They're going to be like, "Am I falling in love with someone again?" Yes. <laughs> yes. What a wonderful thing to have to worry about. Look, like we don't have to worry about things like we're not like detecting magic. Yeah. Or like checking for traps. Yeah. Like, you know. Did we no, it's clear true. every room in the dungeon? Still worrying about who you're going to fall in love with? That's an interesting That's just... point. So this is like a little bit zoomed out from like D&D, right? D&D is like 5 feet, 10 feet, 15 feet, 20 feet, right? And it's like I, I look for like the button within the crack of the, you know, the floor. Um, but this is a little bit less nitty gritty. And it's also, you're not really supposed to fight all the time in Star Trek. Like no episode is made up of like people... Um, in a shootout, really, I'm talking classic Star oh. Trek. So, um, okay. so there is yeah. fighting, which is fun, but um, but but there's other stuff going on, right? There's a lot of drama and relationships. 
there's a lot of diplomacy, which yeah. is something I'm going to bring up later. Mm, I know. <laughs> so, yeah. Let's just keep going. <laughs> this, is, this is great. Yes, uh, Lieutenant McDonald was busy caressing the new uh, tricorder and and putting it to good use. <laughs> Are you scanning Gila Santos's quarters? <laughs> don't, don't do that, please. Well, I'm scanning my reaction to Lieutenant De Los Santos's quarters. <laughs> Commander, we've arrived at the Aleph star system. Commander, uh, I have indeed found that uh, all subspace communication has been blocked by magnetic interference, just as we were briefed by Starfleet. Yes, we we're expecting that. That will be a problem once we're down on the uh, down on the planet, and we'll need to um, make sure that uh, we do our best to maintain communications with each other, because we will not be able to maintain communications with the ship. Uh, Captain, I detect no other ships or satellites in orbit. Well, the, okay. due to the uh, subspace interference, um, I think it would be very dangerous to try to use the, uh, the transporter. We, so I, I, I would not advise it. We could test it on Cadet Roca Solano. <laughs> I'll gladly go, sir, for the good very of the good. ship. <laughs> uh, let's, let's try it on an inanimate okay. object. Okay, grab a red shirt. No, I think it's I think it's having problems. <laughs> commander, should we put a uh, a shuttle party together? Um, I would recommend that our uh, command team here all go down. We'll need everybody, and especially all our specialties. Uh, we have plenty of crew up on the Cody to take care of things here. And we're not expecting any uh, hostile activities, you know, from space. We should perhaps leave the younger McGee uh, with the call. I was just going to say, can you leave good old Ensign McGillicuddy in charge? He knows his way around the ship. Me old da taught me the ropes. <laughs> yes, one uh, out for Captain McGee. Yes, we, we will leave uh, Ensign McGillicuddy in charge. Remind me of the names of our shuttlecraft. We get to make them up. Yeah, well, we yeah. Let's pick one. And we blew Let's up the last one. Uh, yeah, some somebody made a bad, terrible mistake. <laughs> somebody. <laughs> somebody. I don't know who. He's not around anymore. Um, yes, the Hancock was one of my favorite shuttlecraft, but, you know. We need to talk about that a little bit for the listeners. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about it right now. Let's do it. So, Dream, as a, you want to talk about it? <laughs> we're talking about the, the two shuttles that we named? Yeah. Yeah, but why did we name them Daisy and Uberto? Oh, yes. I'd be happy to tell the listeners the lore behind those names. <laughs> Thank yes, <you>. please. <laughs> Let's see. It's been a few years now since we've met them in a D&D well, &D setting, but... Uh, go all the way back to the beginning, Andre. When did, when did you and I first meet? <laughs> oh, gosh, yes. Um, I, I think it's yes. been at least 15 years, maybe longer. Dude, I That's think it's more like 19 years. 19 years, yes. It was post-college for me. Yeah. 
And yeah, I Aaron was in college. Was, you were in college, and Aaron, I think, was still in college. And he says, you know, to me one day, he says, "Oh, you know, you should come meet this guy, Philip, in the math computer lab." Mm-hmm. He hangs out there all the time. We're gonna play D and D one night. You're gonna. I didn't it. hang out there. Aaron and I worked in, in the math department computer lab. That's what it we is, got to yeah. thinking. Like, let's start a D and D game. So you you were there at the very first session, and the rest is history, right? We had this D and D game which we we had for years. Yes, and That's my, some of the the background of our group. And my you know my character originally lasted several years until you killed it. And... Uh, I did not kill. No, you. <sighs> I'm sorry. I just had to. I think we need to throw that in in, in every episode of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> but um, died. And I let him die. You, you let me die. Huberto and Daisy were uh, the minions, uh, skeletal minions of, of another player. Uh, God, what was Brendan's player's name? Priest. And the light comes down. Evlar. Evlar, <laughs> yes. Yes. A very eccentric, semi-evil priest. Semi-evil. Who... <laughs> well, he's like a cleric, right? So we're like, what are you a cleric of? And he's like, well, I attended the University of Chaos. That's it. <laughs> okay. He never had a religion. He was just like a, a college student kind of guy, but like... So he had these animated undead, these three skeletons, right? Do you remember all their names? Buttercup. Buttercup. <laughs> Huberto and Daisy. Yeah. Was Rosie another one? I don't remember. Either way. So, yes. So, we named our shuttlecraft in honor of one of our original group members who's not playing with us currently. But well, we Speaking hope of- we'll be listening to the show and... Every time, every time those shuttle memory. shuttlecraft are mentioned, it'll be the honorary Brandon uh, oh, shuttlecraft love it. moment. Next time we have to name a shuttlecraft, we'll just name it Brandon or Evlar. Just continue yeah. it. Done. Done. Thank you for that retrospective. Yeah, treat. perfect. Yet, yet another contribution, I believe, of Andre's to this session. <laughs> I am happy to contribute, you guys. Captain, I've detected a landing site to the east of the original. Would you like me to scan further? Yeah, with with this uh, subspace interference, um, let's see if we can if we can communicate uh, this to the other shuttle, and let's head for uh, the secondary site. If the path to it is more well worn, that indicates that that's the one that research station has been using. Although we don't know what their purposes are, I figure. You know, if they're using that one, then we'll go for it. Lieutenant Laurent, have you guys uh, uh, noticed the other landing site to the east of the lab? Another landing site? No, Laurent has been having crappy rules all night. <laughs> Got it. You can't detect shit. Co- Commander McDonald uh, and, and uh, Ensign Jensen have uh, located an alternate secondary landing site that appears to have a, a better maintained pathway to the lab we're going to divert to this other landing site uh to the east go ahead and follow our lead all right lead on i'm following uh you find a hilly rough landscape without croppings of rock and growths of scrub vegetation the site itself is just a cleared away area of bare soil 
Most of the large rocks cleared away. Around the edges are rock piles, scrub vegetation, and some small life forms. If and uh, and there's, as you see, a small space cargo vehicle present. I think we should probably investigate the ship first. Eventually, we have to make our way to the uh, research station. Yeah, should we, we can be should wary. We... You know, the uh, the creatures on this planet can be dangerous, so um, I think we want to avoid them if possible. Uh, and just get to the uh, research station and you know get should we leave somebody out. here to guard the shuttles or should we just you know set up a, a you know a Dave tripwire system on them or something <laughs> or at least I'm gonna walk over to the forest and just kind of like poke around I'll go I'll, I'll go too with my laser rifle in hand oh, and, and just to um, let people know I have set up be careful when you go back to the shuttle I have set up a uh, booby trap on it uh however it's it's sonic deactivated and all you have to do is uh whistle this oh my gosh dave's booby traps for the shuttles yeah yeah this time sonic deactivated they weren't very effective were they (laughs) nope well yeah I think there was a chance. I gave him a chance that it would take somebody out. You guys, um, you guys, uh, as you investigate, you come across uh, some uh, life forms contentedly nibbling grass. They are small, round creatures covered with sleek fur, possessing no discernible head, tail, or appendages. Oh no! Uh oh! They're adorable. No, they aren't. Oh, they are adorable. They're adorable. But you know what? Just like any uh, any visiting any nat- uh, forest, you let it lie. You look with your ha- uh, eyes, not with your hands. Oh, but they're so cute, you guys. I pick one up. It's so sweet. Look at this. I love it. I do love it. <laughs> All right. Well, there's nothing. I don't think we have to worry about these uh, attacking our ship. So um, let's keep rolling. Ship? We can toss one up against the ship and see how it does against the... Dr. Trace, if, just think about Dr. Trace logically. If we engage in any combat, that creature could be harmed. Why don't you leave it here and you can look for it when we come back? I uh, I run my medical scanner over the Tribble. It's a, it's a perfectly normal and healthy Tribble. Okay. It's, it, it's pregnant. Of course. Uh-huh. Oh, but you guys, this one's pregnant. <laughs> oh, I have babies. I want a baby. Their only two purposes in life seem to be to eat and reproduce. That's right. They're bisexual. They're... That means they could re- reproduce by themselves. I had a great quote. Their only two purposes in life seem to be to eat and reproduce. That's a Spock quote. Nailed it. Thank you. Impressed with myself. This one looks like a lot of weird vaginas. Why are It's up on top of the mountain. Right. All, to all vaginas are unique and beautiful. None of them are weird. Well, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Oh, I pointed out that this map looked like weird vaginas. Yeah, unlike the shuttlecraft crash, which was all weird, weird penises. penises. Yeah, so. The two modules belong together. Oh, <laughs> they should roll for romance. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid.
Anyway, you guys are going down this trail, and uh, you guys hear this like warbling <laughs> sound. I like it when you make sound effects, Philip. Oh, thank you. Commander, I've heard some strange warbling from around the corner. <laughs> and then Aaron, Commander, yeah. I hear some strange warbling. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I do have that neuronic whip, too. That's right. The bit, the the thick black wand. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I was going to say, you have the magic wand with you, don't you? I do have my magic wand, yes. What, what are you cool. doing with it? <laughs> I'm keeping an eye on uh, on De Los Santos and 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 Ensign Jensen. <laughs> you can join nice. if you want. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I forgot that April has a neuronic whip. That's that was in her stasis box. Oh yeah, now I remember. Okay, I'm back. Oh, Good I luck. have a stasis box. Oh, I forgot. Oh yeah. See, okay. another thing that could have made this module cool. I, I have one well, too. And after listening to, to your show with John, I think I'm just going to open it pretty <laughs> quick here. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a bomb. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Anytime like the gameplay is slow, just be like, I'm desperate. I'm at my, end, my wit's end. I'm going to open this stasis box. We should have done it when Aaron was freaking out about the Klingon. Oh man, that was fun. Uh, yeah, we're gonna yeah. talk about that in a sec because it's okay. Gonna it, it's gonna be during the trial of humanity, I hope. <laughs> uh, well, we can't we can't put someone on trial who's not here. Oh, we can't. Be one of, that's be one of the three of us. Uh oh, is that why you guys invited me? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you'll find I, out. I guess you'll find out. Well, you, you get a vote, so. Uh, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. But as soon as uh, Rocco Solano blunders into sight of these things, um, it, he startles them. There's seven of these guys, by the way, nice. and they start they start to make a they start to make a, a a really awful screeching sound. Everyone, roll an int check to see if you can maintain your sanity and not run away. Uh oh. Uh Ooh, just barely passed. Passed by one. Yeah. Hold for you, okay? Oh, you really passed. Oh, I passed. I passed. Wow, Roka Solano, good job, buddy. Yeah. Everyone passed. Yeah. Wow, Ensign in no time. Okay. Yeah. Well, good job. So, what are you guys gonna do? They don't. They don't seem hostile, other than that. That uh, they're extremely annoying, warbling, humming sound. Are they like just standing in the middle of the path, or what? Can we go around them? Yeah, you can go around them. Well, you know, Starfleet says don't yeah. shoot stuff that didn't, you know, it's not attacking you. So I suppose we gotta just go around. You go around. Very good. As we're going around, just in case, I cover my ears. There's a beholder. It's slender. It's a, like it's a it looks like a really sad beholder. Yeah, there's two of these guys. Schnoz on him. What's at the bottom those, there? Those are the eyes at the bottom. No, yeah, see, are... he's sad. He's depressed. See, he looks and, and these are... empathy on him. He looks these so are his... sad. I go shoo like that. Like shoo. It, it runs away into the undergrowth. Cool. Mm -hmm. Guys, this rock is moving. Shooting spikes at me. Cool. Let's uh, walk around it. Yeah. There's a. Uh, 
the different creatures all like pop out of the on the road and like ah I guess we'll walk around it okay Were you hoping we'd kill kill things? I I the the game master must be impartial he has no hopes <laughs> That's pretty sad. <laughs> oh, so, Phil, so you if have we no sat hope. if we sat in the in the shuttlecraft the whole time you would have been okay with that. If we were romancing and rolling, guys. Well, we're we're about to get to it, but but yes, if you guys had been in the shuttle the whole time and just role playing amongst yourselves, it would have been a hell of a lot of fun. I, I guarantee <laughs> it. Commander, I really have a lot of concerns about your desire to throw triples at things. <laughs> well, they're <laughs> so heavy. To try to throw these life forms at any obstacle we see, it's it's making me a little concerned. <clears throat> Doctor like Tapru, uh, Doctor and, and Doctor so Triss are in the back, and they're they're whispering about relieving uh, the commander. <laughs> command. How, how many right. ultimately harmless little monsters do you have to throw at us that we walk around? <laughs> I lean over to to the commander and and whisper into his ear, Commander, have you finished your secret? Weapon, the, the, <laughs> pneumatic, the pneumatic potato gun. I mean, <laughs> dribbles could really fit well into that. Um, remember when Dave was trying to throw tribbles at every single thing? There was yes. There's some interesting um, tactics. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit interesting to that people approach the tribbles differently. I guess some people. We're like, oh no, not tribbles. And some people were like, oh, I hate tribbles. And some people were like, oh, I love tribbles. Can't I have one? So there was some of that, I guess. That was okay. But like, where did Dave's whole thing came, come from? Was he just hamming it up because he was supposed to ham it up? I don't know. He was sure throwing tribbles at stuff. Yeah. Well, Klingons hate tribbles. So I guess that's a, a viable strategy. They're harmless to humans. I, I noticed that this triple isn't doing the leg like, purring thing. Dr. Trist, do you mind examining these triples with your medical yeah, tribble? I will I will scan them. It's inconclusive. I poke it gently with the barrel of my laser rifle. Andre, as you as you, you get you close don't? enough and you, you, you touch it with the, the, the end of your uh, rifle, it's uh it's first stiffens. That's no triple. Yeah, it and, and, and so it the um the fur stiffens into razor sharp stiff fibers, which like which come out far enough to uh, to potentially touch your hand. I push the buzzer. Identify. Uh, scenario Alpha Discovery uh, Zeta. This is uh, Starfleet team reporting uh, requesting entry into the facility. I'm Lieutenant De Los Santos here with the uh, command team from the USS Cody. I see that. Yeah. I see what's going on. <clears throat> yeah. Well, greetings. Uh, we've been brought on a mission of some urgency as your commanding officer here. I uh, I can uh, introduce you to the uh, to the uh, head of the facility, the administrator, uh, if you would like to relay your your information to him immediately. Otherwise, yes, if you'd like if you'd like a um, a tour of the facility. I'll be happy to uh, give you a tour. I'm afraid right now we don't have time for a tour. We, we need to speak directly with the administrator. Um, I think that's the decision of the commander. <laughs> Pardon me, uh, Commander <laughs> McDonald. 
Correct. Correct. Yes. yes. I'm, I'm afraid we don't have time for a tour right now. We need to. <laughs> <laughs> with the head of the facility. Bravo. Glad that you agree with me, Commander. Thank you. <laughs> uh, very well. I, I could take you to him. Um, or uh, did you want to, like, uh, address the whole company? Or, I mean, some of them are going to come out and, 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 and see what's up. Do you just want to see the administrator in person or just, or just address everybody? I, would I think, think we should uh, see the administrator first Indeed. and then address the entire crew of the facility. We're here to evacuate the station. Here to what? Starfleet Command has ordered that the station be closed. You have three days to complete um, any experiments in progress, and then uh, we must evacuate. <sighs> I, I see. Well, that's 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 very disappointing. Three days. Okay. Well, I guess uh, we'll we'll get to work right away. What we need to do to uh, to strike the facility. Uh, thank you for coming. Can, can I can I offer you a drink? Uh, what what did you see? It looked like a tribble, but uh, when we got close, it spiked up. Yeah, we, we call that a false tribble. It's, uh, it's an herbivore, a uh, small mammal, and uh, looks and acts like a tribble, but if, it, if it's attacked or bitten by an animal or even just touched, it's silky fur, stiffens into razor-sharp, stiff fibers. We're actually uh, studying them to learn more about the structure of its razor-like fur. I'm also interested to learn more about the, uh, the other sh um, space vehicle that we saw at the eastern landing site. Oh, that's our supply, uh, our supplier. What are they supply the, uh, you with? With all our, uh, you know, foodstuffs and uh, medical equipment and uh, laboratory equipment, um, traps. We need traps to to uh, to capture some of the the specimens. What about the rock? Do you have, do you have any of those rocks? Oh, yeah, those are called blade barnacles. Hmm. Yeah. Wait, what Basically, are the they're they're harmless unless you touch them. They're the just birds. like boulders, but they, but they have they've. They've developed their their protective features to shield against vicious predators such as the red dervish. So the blue dervish is a is a sort of uh, genetically modified version of the of the red dervish. So the blue dervish isn't very uh, scary. It doesn't it doesn't attack on sight like the red dervish. But they have some very interesting uh, secretions. Which have uh, very interesting, or they they, they develop this this natural stimulant in their hormones. It was a very strong stimulant, a very uh, good stimulant that wears off uh, without a hangover. Do you have a do you have a good quantity of this uh, hormonal secretion substance thing by chance? Uh, yeah, we've got we've got uh, a good store of it. You know, we have long flights and could really use some extra. Stimulants. <laughs> well, I don't think it's been approved for general Starfleet use. We have a cadet we could test it on. I see a Hindenburg roller. Not really much to see. It looks just kind of like a... Potato? Kind of like Area a potato. Yeah. It's, a, it's a small bag of gas. Yeah. Self-inflated as it processes water into oxygen and hydrogen. So many jokes. If a roller is punctured or damaged, its abraded scaly outer skin strikes a spark and the roller explodes. So, uh, 
Be careful around great, those. That's a great defense mechanism, evolutionary. To, to explode. To just annihilate yourself. Rocco Solano leaves and goes to go find the lever. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Petrenko and, and Dorians are in a fist fight. Are you guys going to... Is anyone going to break it up? What? Oh, what? There's a fight breaking out? Yeah, one of the Andorians punched Petrenko. Yeah. Well, I let it stand. I run right over and I hit that Andorian back. Yeah, um, I would love to fuck up some Andorians. Yeah. Uh, And I did not meditate today. I would love to go just like jump in there. Oh, yeah, there were Andorians. I don't like Andorians. Forgot about that. And also, Roku Solano's rival was there. We could have, that would have been fun to talk about more. Mm hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I, I tried to make that a thing. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, impartially as I could, I did throw that in there, but um, he but didn't really pick that, up on it. The fact that I forgot about it until just now. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, it's it, it's well. John was just like, yeah. Well, too bad. I'm I'm already on the ship. So, like, yeah. You're right. I I hope that I I love his new character, but I hope he doesn't feel like he has to be passive. I still want him to Jarvis when he's role playing, you know, in his own character's way. Well, didn't he tell us on the podcast that his whole intent was to uh, sabotage things, like unintentionally? Yeah, but he hasn't done that. I know. He I'm going to ta- talk to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Time to kick it up a notch, John. John, we're going to put you on him. trial. Let's call him up. He's on Ooh, trial. That's good. I forgot that I apparently Drew Mustache is on Andorians. So that's cool. Oh, I did. I don't even you. know. I don't even know who the Andorians are. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm going to make notes. I, it, it's in the house rules. There's a picture of a dude who's blue with white hair and uh, antennae. Yeah. Well, there isn't a lot explained about them in the show. So there's kind of a lot, a lot of fan in. And then um, on a later show, they did kind of flesh them out a bit. I'm watching that show right now. So I know That's all the about show. It. Um, I did say that I was going to make a backpack so I could carry John around like a little baby. So he didn't get killed. So that that's a fun thing I should do. Mm-hmm. Because you're strong. You could do it. Make my way back to Ensign Jensen because her <laughs> half Romulan ears, there's just nothing like them. And not, not to mention watching her kill a man with her thighs. There's just, you know. <laughs> so what, I think a little bit of a fence, there's nothing like her half Romulan ears. <laughs> nothing like it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, too 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 pointy. Okay, half round. Half dare you? Yeah, sorry. Full round too much. Dupru, do you punch uh, De Los Santos for his insensitive comments? Yes, I did not meditate to get today again. So I'm what? Listen, to it. how logical is it for me to have a preference about ears? All right, okay. Dupru, we got to roll a d6. If you get a six, that's a that's a neck pinch. Just we have to. <laughs> Yeah. We have to check for that. Are we going to see if you kill me by hitting me in the dick right now? Is that what that's in? I'm going to take a picture of it. Oh, my God. 
Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god. All right, you so have to I, tell us how exactly that went down. So I'm standing at the bar having drinks with um Ensign Jensen <laughs> talking about just, you know, like okay, she's just enough Romulan to it, you know, like not too much, but and then the the not too much obviously to Prue takes offense too. Uh yeah. and then you can take it from there to Prue. Well, I just like Really casually, you just reach behind you and just fucking nip at you. No big deal. I'm just gonna fucking make you fall on your face. Yeah. I gasp and start I, to faint a little. And do you, and do you also draw on his face? Yeah, I draw on his face too. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best yes. first assignment ever. Is is Ensign Jensen out as a half Romulan? Like, because she outed herself. Because we haven't really yeah. talked about that in role play. I know that he, she she talked about it with De Los Santos, I think. But did she talk about it with all of us? Do we all know? Um, Is that something she's concealing? She's not sure. So so that's something we can uh, that can be brought up in the game. Cool. De Los Santos is definitely hitting on her because of her ears, you know, that they but were half Romulan, but but that might have been just like his, uh, you know, his observation. So what it is, th- I'd said, you know, only two aliens in the game, and like in in the rolling up your actual race, and so that's you and Triss, right? And then, but then there's the whole um, life path generator, where you can have like sort of interesting, weird backstory. So mm-hmm. that's like part of her backstory, but it's not technically like she can't I- identify as one. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we can explore that more. Yeah, game. I mean that's fun. Like, I think that's a cool thing about Eva's character. I want to know more about it. Yeah, and I'm trying to like reconcile that with the history because there was a war a hundred years ago, and then they never saw the Romulans again. So I don't know. She has a whole write up on it, so I guess we could that could come out more. That could be interesting. Yeah, it seems fun. Seems fun. And it gives us a hook when there's an actual like Romulans. Yeah. You know, I'll bet there's like, you know, if you're sneaking around on a Romulan ship, there might be a thing where they're like, if anyone in the crew speaks Romulan, then they can read what the sign says here. Um, so there's that, at least. Yeah, and then, you cool. know. Yeah, I think we can make it super fun. Yeah, it just makes it interesting. We have we have a competition between Triss and Petrenko on who's going to uh, score with Novarti. I'm gonna, so you have to roll. I'm going to try to make a move on both of them and Everyone wins. Looks like you're going to bed with Navardi tonight. <laughs> Petrenko, the two security guards uh, obviously hit it off. The security officers. So that's cool. Dree, you tried to make a move on both ladies? Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> and you were successful with the NPC? Um, thank goodness for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's it's usually a dangerous it's it's typically a dangerous thing to do to to try to roll for 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 two ladies at the same time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, that could have been fun too. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> it could have been fun for someone. <laughs> uh, but yes, Andre, if no one else, you can make it with uh, NPCs. So, congrats, dude. Well, okay. and this that's is what where, I'm here for. Right. This, this so so. <laughs> After this happened, Andre and I like we we um we set up a separate meeting, and we role played this out. 
Because I had to play the NPC. Oh, so you guys had your own private role-playing session for yeah. this? Well, it had Perfect. to be role-played out. <laughs> nice. The module were, said to ham it up. There were a lot of <laughs> dice rolled. You guys, this is fun. So everyone, so then everyone went to bed for the night. And uh, De Los Santos, um, did we talk about how he was neck pinched? He got oh, his yeah, Vulcan nerve pinch. Fight, right? I neck pinched. Yeah, I neck pinched him. No, because he was hitting on um, on uh, uh, Jensen, That's and it made right. like a, a sort of a racial slur. And and you were like uh, you're feeling your uh, your palm far coming on, so you're yeah. not really uh, right. And so you just neck pinched that bitch. <laughs> he deserved Manning it. Meaning De Los Santos. And so he's he just passed out on the floor in the bar or whatever it was. And then everyone went to bed for the night and he's like and, and so Aaron's asking if uh, his character is still passed out on the floor there, and everyone's like, I'm pretty sure everyone was like, Yeah, everyone did just leave you there. So. I wake up covered in like Matt. stale beer and you know <laughs> peanut shells. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Would it be the first time? And then there weren't enough quarters for everyone, so some people had to sleep in sick bay. And I felt like Philip, you also were trying to get us to talk to people for potential romantic relationships. Was that true? Yeah. Well, it was it. It was in the modules. Like, there's not enough sleeping quarters for everybody. So, how are you going to handle that? Yes, and then I, and then I forgot there was another thing where in the where it was like, um, you've met everybody, except the last guy you haven't met yet. It's the pilot of the shuttle. It's Cyrano Jones. Oh, oh, my friends, Cyrano Jones. Greetings. How are you? Oh, oh my God. Uh, rude. <laughs> Phil, you. Were, it was so funny. Because <laughs> everyone was like, oh no, and you were so in character. The <laughs> rude. <laughs> Thank so you. Well, so Dave was trying to sell triples to Cyrano Jones, and Cyrano Jones was like, no, uh, no thanks. You, you blatantly were like, as Cyrano Jones in character, you're like, I've dealt with them before. No way. Yeah. But- well, even. <laughs> Yeah, and and then um, because it's emerged that there are tribbles on everyone's person, then the uh, the uh, the administrator of the station has a problem with that. He has a fit about that because you know there's there's procedures about how you're supposed to contain tribbles so they don't overrun the station. Commander, uh, how many of these tribbles have you brought into the base? So we realized that this conversation was actually taking place while, while De Los Santos was still passed out. We kind of got ahead of ourselves so he's still passed out when we're checking for triples yeah we went back in time just for a second before everyone bedded down can you check de los santos for triples please (laughs) 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 i don't know if there's a triple in his pocket if he's just happy to be here but (laughs) you might need to strip him completely so (laughs) just to be sure (laughs) something stuffed in his pants I'm not a tall man, but do I need to roll for other anatomy? What's going on here? Wah, wah, dick jokes. Uh, off the record, Philip asked 
who had tribbles. Um, so he asked like the players, not the characters, who right. actually had tribbles so he could know. And then it was discovered that several crew members were secretly carrying them. Wah, wah. Yeah. What's and then the happen? crew went to bed. <laughs> What's going to happen? <laughs> so the next morning, Tapu and Laurent. Sorry. Tapu and Laurent took a grab vehicle that belonged to Cyrano out to check traps with a zoologist, a maintenance specialist who are NPCs in Cyrano. And the plan was to also drive by Cyrano's ship to see what cargo he could carry. Is that correct, Phil? Oh, yeah. To see what what they can take off the base in Cyrano's ship. You guys, uh, you head on the the speeder. And then the commander. Yes. Yeah, it was not appropriate for this franchise. Well, that's gonna happen though. Sorry. It was. It was. Are there speeders in Star Trek? Because it was totally like. It was like morning time, right? Like. Anyway, sorry. I liked it. Thank you. Don't you. have to be sorry. I still enjoyed it. <laughs> Glad it didn't fall completely flat. It. So, so the commander. So this is where uh, Dave's commander takes the opportunity to flex. I was going to say, I, I, I think that's you know the commanding officer's decision to you know who goes where. Indeed, it is. Indeed, make it make your deployment, commander. Well, I think. Uh, to prove the rock should go to the uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, folks. Uh, Commander McDonald has uh, stated that he'd like to prove and Laurent to, uh, to go, uh, on that outing. So, so De Los Santos asked to visit the comms room. Uh, is that where the Andorians go to vape when no one's looking? So then we switch to the crew who went on the shuttle with Cyrano. And they round a corner, and they notice a Klingon shuttle. Cyrano is like, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Are you well, guys getting Cyrano. out of there? Before a decision can be made, Klingons begin firing at the party. Let's do a combat. Let's do a combat. I, I We have to pull this quote and like use it all the time because it was timed <laughs> so perfectly. <laughs> Really great. Yeah, and you're yeah. so happy at the end. Like you just—they're so happy to do, to be fighting something. I think at this point. <laughs> Was that my Cyrano voice or just me? No, you were like, "Let's do a combat," and then I—I I, I, like mimicked you and went, "Let's do a combat," and you were like, "Let's do a combat!" Like just so excited. Great. <laughs> so cute. Let's do a combat. That's uh, our new segment. Yeah. So the three. Let's do the a three. Combat. So three Klingons are firing at you guys, and then um, Tapu and Cyrano get hit. One of the NPCs, the zoologist, gets killed. Cyrano is like, I am out of here. He jumps out of the speeder and starts running. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of Klingons, I think seven total. Tapu and Laurent um, are trying to fight at first, and then they're like, uh, screw that. And then they so they turn the vehicle around. And um, Tapu gets one last look at the Klingons and realizes that their commander is the famous Captain Koloth. Which is so cool. Oh, yes. I, and so they, it, it is cool? Yeah, I thought it was yeah, cool. It was cool. 
So, but you're racing back to the compound, and uh, you you make it back, and you have about half an hour before the Klingons arrive on your tail. Oh, I get to roll to see if I have a panic attack because there's Klingons. So the crew asked the security officer, the NPC, what existing defense the compound had. And we found out that there was reinforced steel doors and some weaponry. And meanwhile, De Los Santos is having a full-blown panic attack due to PTSD from past interactions from Klingons. Klingons, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta prepare. I gotta, we gotta get some supplies. We might have to, we might have to hoof it out into the into the, the jungle and and survive out there. Uh, one of my posts. Oh, you guys want for, me to neck pinch him? Just for background. Oh yes, yeah. yes please. I gotta do and his gotta, panic gotta, attack is, is causing cadets. I gotta get supplies. Super damn nervous. Jensen, like babe, I'm like. Get your shit, babe. We got. We gotta go. Yeah, yeah. We, we gotta fucking get out of here. The fucking Klingons are coming. I gotta. I gotta get another phaser. Huh? I have one phaser. I gotta get. I gotta get some some energy. Oh god! Oh, I, I only have oh, one fuck. phaser, guys. Oh fuck! Crazy. Roll roll d six. If you roll uh four above, you succeed. Fuck! 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 fuck. I gotta. You stay. You stay. Right. Fuck my right You born your bastard. <laughs> 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 don't, don't, don't you fucking touch me. I'm going to fucking fuck you up. Get it. Did, gonna, I, did I, it I, work? No. I'm going to try to knock him out with the, um, the I, butt of my li- laser rifle. No, I, I, think I'm, I think I'm running into the facility. I, I'm heading for lab storage. <laughs> you see you see the Ukrainian coming at you with his laser rifle. The Vulcan attacking you like with its freakishly large hands. Yeah. Everyone just like, nice. you know. <laughs> coming at you from every side like yeah. what do we do how do we incapacitate him how do we make him unconscious <laughs> just nice. like in real life isn't that what they do oh no someone's having a panic attack quick knock him out, knock him out. <laughs> it's funny how ukrainian is like you know there's like there's klingons and there's romulans and there's gorns and there's ukrainians like <laughs> oh shit they may as well have their own planet <laughs> Um, so yeah, and like Dave threw another triple, threw a triple at his own crew member, and I think I tried to neck yes. pinch him, and yeah, it was very exciting. Uh, so so Navardi was talking to Tapru. She asked if there were um, shuttles at both landing sites, in which case they could um, go to the the other landing site for an evacuation. So you guys came down on a shuttle, right? Obviously, two shuttles. Yeah. At yeah. least. Did you put down at the which which site did you put down at? Because if you're at the other landing site, that we can evacuate um, some of our personnel that way. Nope, we are both of them are at the. No, the they're Klingons. both at the same site. Despite uh, Security Officer Petrenko's suggestion that the crew take take the fight to the Klingons, Novardi believes it would be more prudent to shelter in the facility using the thick walls and airlocks to keep the Klingons at bay. Here's how I think we should play this out. I don't really want to go like step by step of like where they're trying to come in and then, you know, putting everybody on the map and running everybody around. I'm kind of tired. So I want you guys to come up with like three or four different ideas of specific booby traps you're going to do if you're going to defend this place or if you are going to go and storm them, meet them on the trail, what sort of things you're going to have in store for them out there. I'd be happy playing it out that way. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, but just like, uh, let's make it interesting. 
The party throws around multiple ideas, including engaging the Klingons in diplomacy. That idea is quickly shut down. You can't you can't deal with a Klingon. Klingons won't won't deal. I've I've had experience with them, and the only thing you know that that uh, Klingon respects is uh, shot in the face. Hmm. Must have had some bad history with Klingons. You think he ruled something in his life path generator about that? Did he? Well, we'll talk about it. I don't know. I I don't have his character sheet. You know, oh, that's right. I, I sent him another email. Send me your you character sheet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm interested. I would say that's the main thing I miss from an online game is character sheets. We started up a D and D game with my son, and you guys, I mean, it's character sheets. It's good stuff. It's even that color that we used to use. Dude. Do we have yeah. a PDF of a character sheet for this? Like that we could use and we can just send it to everybody and we can print them? In one of my emails I, I suggested that someone could design one, I think. Um the the game that I'm playing just says just put it on a um an index card. And truthfully what we're doing index with the card. just with the um with the Google Drive is 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 fine for what we're doing. But yeah, it'd be fun to eventually have real character sheets, sort of just props, even if it's just, you know, virtual. Yeah, we need pictures of characters. The team decides to set traps both around the perimeter. I can't say perimeter, you guys. You, you do this one, Philip. The per perimeter. Remember. The perimeter. Okay. Perimeter. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so the team decides they want to set traps both around the perimeter of the facility and on the trail on the way to the facility. Show off. Facilities. He said it so well. I'm so pissed at you. So we have uh, April's trap, which is a like a net that goes up as soon as they step on it and catches them all, like in Return of the Jedi, yes. or a million other situations. Dave uh, every time uh, setting off the uh, Hindenburg bombers. Um, anything else? The false uh tribbles waiting just inside. All good ideas. So Triss and Tapru take a position on they they go up on the roof. So they can drop the net on the door, and I think they're going to like jump down yep, with the net, you know, uh, sexily, I, I presume. Yeah, we're going to land with our butts out. Yeah, established as canon. So Petrenko and McDonald yeah. and Laurent are are going to. They found a forest, and they're um, they've got their guns. Rocco Solano is inside. He found a radiation gun in the genetics research lab. Ensign Jensen. Is she still an ensign? Yeah, she still is at this point. She's For ready to. Yeah, I think she'll always have to be. She's ready to open the doors of the cages to release the animals to attack everybody, and uh, you know, in some strategic fashion. And De Los Santos uh, is just kind of standing by, so he can like appear uh, wherever the tactics suggest. So the Klingons are approaching, and Lieutenant McDonald. Shoots the Hindenburg rollers so the flames roll over the Klingons. Boom! Dave, that was a very effective uh, trap. Actually, succeeded in, in killing half of the Klingons already. Nice. That's why he's the commander. There's three left. Laurent and Petrenko exchange fire with the remaining Klingons. 
and the Klingons try to escape the phaser fire by breaking into the facility, only to encounter Triss's net trap. Well, you had you had a little bit of success. You're able to get one of the guys under the net, but the other two guys uh, quickly cut him out. Dupru and Triss jump down on the Klingons, um, those last two guys, to engage them. Sexily. Sexily. As all that's going on, I yell at the top of my lungs, Sosli Kuch! That means your mother's got a smooth forehead. They all have smooth foreheads. <laughs> so that's true. I turn to Commander and say, bless you. All right, so, so these guys are pretty, uh, pretty demoralized. Captain, uh, Captain Koloth looks, looks to you and says, my dear Commander McDonald. Apparently he knows you because you're famous. Maybe you wrote a, an engineering manual or something. He says, um, why have you guys, how, why have you waylaid us like this? Why this, were this you? inexcusable behavior. Why did you kill our zoologists? The Organians will hear about this. Why were you uh, playing around with our shuttles? What do you mean, playing around with your shuttles? You have no evidence. You shocked our zoologists, unprovoked. You surprised us. We're getting out of here. They're trying to make an escape. Okay, are you well, we let them escape, or are you going to gun them down? Yeah, I, down. We're gonna I run set up. my phaser to stun. Yes, yeah, stuns. And I throw okay. my triple at him. Ah, get that thing off of me! The, the Klingons are stunned by the phasers. They're taken captive. They're led back um, eventually to the Cody, where they're beamed from there back onto their Klingon vessel, along with a bunch of tribbles. Klingon hates Klingons hate tribbles, and uh, they send some of the uh, the false tribbles, the spiky kinds, along too, just for fun. And um, what was surely an epic montage, they repaired all the shuttles and Cyrano Jones's ship, and they shuttle the facility staff to the Cody, and the mission ends successfully. Yay! Yay. All right, guys, let's move on to our next segment: Humanity on Trial. Bum, you know the bum, deal bum. with this, Andre? Um, I vaguely know about this. I, I think the, the episode I watched was uh, when John was being on trial, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so so in, in some episodes, you'll see this. They're like godlike beings. And, and sometimes they're mischievous. And sometimes they're like um, super moral. Either way, they, they usually they put some member of the crew on trial or put him to the test to basically see if humanity is worthy or not. Uh, oh, so, so it's actually a thing in Star Trek. I got you. Yeah, well, that's our inspiration. So we put John on trial for blowing up a shuttlecraft and killing half the crew. And then we put, uh, <laughs> we put Dave on trial for um, going against all the crew in his decision in the last, um, in the last adventure. So, so what we're supposed to do is we're all supposed to vote which one of the three of us should go on trial. And I'm, I'm going to volunteer myself. Uh, I didn't think this, this adventure went very well, so I want to kind of see if, there's, if we can investigate if there was anything I could have done to run it better. So that's my vote. What do you think, Dree? Well, it's not me, so... Phil, it is. 
You could have you could have let me shoot my rifle a little bit more. That's for sure. <laughs> that was your character's <laughs> choice. Yeah, that my bad. Uh, so no, that's, I, I guess that's a was... good point. Oh, yeah. go ahead, Sarah I... Nicole. No, no, no. Rake me over the coals. Let's just just see if we can make it my fault. I was literally just going to say, hmm. I don't think it was your fault. Thank you, Sarah Nicole. <laughs> so I I think why Philip felt like he should go on trial for this episode was because this module was, we expected this module to be really funny and really fun. And it kind of was a little bit of a slog, in my opinion. Like, mm -hmm. it, it, it didn't move fast. And I don't think it was you, Philip. I think all of us just the party in general, we were missing a lot of the cues you were giving us and we weren't exploring all the role play that we could have. Um, I think you gave us a lot of clues and a lot of hints and were very kind to us with those hints and clues. And everybody's been playing with you for so long that we should be able to pick up on those. Like when you mentioned that there's not enough rooms for everybody, we should all be like, okay, who are who are we gonna bone? Who are we getting in a fight with? What's happening, right? That's yeah. that's fun stuff to play and to role play. And if we know if we're going into an episode that has triples in the title, it's gonna be a, a role play based module, right? And I it's and not, I read you, it, I read you from the beginning of the module where he says, "You guys, this is supposed to be for fun, so go ahead and ham it up." Yeah. So I think everyone kind of got that idea. Um, I think um, I'm, I'm going to invite engineer Eric to also chime in on this because he and I were speaking about how we thought at the beginning of this episode, we spent so much time arguing, not arguing, um, discussing minutia. Yeah. And, and again, that seems to be an issue we have where, especially at the beginning of the evening, we get bogged down in details and don't just jump in so that by the end of the adventure, when we're in it, we're all tired and kind of ready to be done. Um, and, and that's stuff we could have been doing more fun stuff earlier in the night if we hadn't been so cautious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to chime in here because hey, I was Eric. invited. Hey, um, Eric, our producer, everyone. Yes, hello everybody. Thank you. Um, I feel like it took us most of the night. When I think about like the timing, if we if we look at the uh, module as a as a TV episode, yeah. you know, the the introduction of the Klingons should be happening maybe like halfway through the episode, maybe two thirds, no, like halfway, right? Because yeah. that's where stuff actually happens, and we didn't get there until like almost practically the end of the night. So I feel like we spent so much of the time in exposition and not a lot of time like working through the conflict. Dree, do you yeah. agree with any of that? Or well, I, I do agree and, and maybe partly it is how you know the night went for the for all of us for the party. Um, but I, I do agree that that there's something possibly not right with with the module trying to be both funny and you know the crew's mission is to go tell this lab that supposedly has been operating for a while that we're shutting you guys down we will be evacuating you so uh, to me that, that that's 
kind of begs for for serious conflict you know they were they were not happy you know that we were there and that kind of thing so doing humor was was a little bit extra hard i think tribbles or no tribbles i think that's a really good point because if you think of the the initial episode we didn't realize something was we were we were going to deliver grain or protect the grain is that right in the original episode it, it was and and right away you know uh, captain kirk kind of makes fun of that mission right he makes fun of that official like you know what are you trying to get us to do and that sort of sets the tone for the for the episode to be you know humorous uh, well, his, so his, he's over the top right in the episode and it almost doesn't work but it just he just he's so committed to it that it works oh right? i like it i like that he's almost self-aware a little bit mm -hmm. or like like that i know i already mentioned this but that shot where they're like throwing tribbles out of him and he looks up like and you obviously know that he's looking at whatever pas and they're throwing tribbles at him like pissed off you know he's a little self-aware but in a way that makes makes the joke i don't i don't know how to explain that well, let me let me let you in on something, and uh, that's that the the way the module's written, it says that you're supposed to be playing the Enterprise crew. Now, to be fair, every module we've played up to this point is written with that as the premise, and it hasn't been an issue up until now that it's just been our own crew in place of the Enterprise crew. But here, would that have added to some of the interactions like when it's like ah it's Cyrano Jones you know if you're playing Captain Kirk you might not might have been a little bit more like Cyrano Jones you what are you doing here right a little bit more yeah and if we if we would have recognized Koloth like as a group yeah and also our interaction with the Tribbles would have been very different yeah I, I guess I mean so here's my complaint. I've got a lot of complaints. Let's hear them. I can't wait. So am I just off the hook? Hold on. Let me let me put myself on trial, or at least speak in my own defense. It was set to ham it up, and I tried. I made character voices, you know, for the various characters. I tried to do the my dear Commander McDonald with the Klingon. I. I created a nemesis for John that just kind of jumped out at me as like a possibility, which wasn't in the module exactly where I was like, this can be a nemesis for one of the players. But I tried to like say, oh, this guy was like the same age as John and, and another prodigy. So there could be some like opportunity there. Um, I riffing off your action, Andre, I came up with the idea of the brawl with the Andorians. Which was very fun. <laughs> Thank you. So everything, that wasn't in the module. Well, everything you're saying, those are the highlights of the evening for me, right? So oh, that's not you. My biggest issue, my biggest issue was I feel like as a group, we are not treating this like, how do you say, almost like improv. Mm -hmm. Like in improv, you're always yes and. Mm-hmm. Right, people would say things and they would get shot down really quick or yeah. ignored when you said things, and then there's nowhere to go, right? And you can't follow that lead if it's been shot down 
or ignored, right? And so you, uh, just as I said earlier, you were giving us the hints, the clues that we should pick up on, right? And people would just go, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to go do this instead. Beep, boop, beep. But and that, like, yes, you're right. So you're you're used to playing in a different really mode, funny. where the DM suggests something and you're like, hell no, we're not doing that, because it's obviously a <laughs> trap, right? So there's a thing in this module where you land and you see Cyrano Jones's ship, and and I think I suggested, you know, are you guys going to go check it out? And the and everyone was kind of like, sure. Or there's like you hear, you know, you you detect some animals in the jungle. Are you going to check them out? And everyone was like, no. And then someone was like, okay, I guess I will. And everyone was like, no. And then, right? And the, and it's just sort of like, mm, it just, there, it, it didn't seem like, other than that logic that like you said, Sarah Nicole, of improv, like, sure, we go check it out. Because it's in the module, so we want to see what it's supposed really, to be. I I think we need to, I don't know. I would like to be able to formally address the group next time and just be like, let's, it's a big party, right? Yeah. Let's make sure everybody's ideas are like able to be heard. Right. Mm -hmm. And also when somebody's role-playing and you shoot them down, that that's an end to that story. Right. That's like, okay. And done. Like, so you're frustrated mainly with, with the part, with the players where I'm mainly frustrated with the module. Well, how is it the module's fault if the players aren't exploring the module? Like, do you feel like we did the whole module? Because you told us there's a bunch of NPCs we didn't even interact with. That's a bummer. I'm pissed. Right? I wish we could have done that. Like, that sounds really cool and fun. Well, but what Eric was saying was that the pacing of the module should be such and such, where the, the Klingons come in in the last few pages and there's a whole bunch of material in there about how they arrive, what they do and like what mission they're on and whether it's clandestine or not, all this stuff, which is basically off stage. Uh, what I guess what I'm saying is the whole module, there's a whole lot of stuff about the landing site. There's a whole bit about exploring Cyrano Jones's ship, which it even says like, you have no, reason to search the ship it would be kind of illegal for you to like break in and destroy a ship in order to enter it and to search it but then there's a map with four levels of the ship and all the stuff <laughs> and all that's supposed to happen it says is that Cyrano Jones would be pissed off that you that you, that you broke into his ship and so it's like you're not supposed to but aren't you going to and and I, I'm kind of like well on 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 a normal like RPG logic, you wouldn't if it didn't make sense. You wouldn't do stuff that didn't make sense uh, or that worked against your interests. Yeah. But it's kind of like you're saying it's written in a different mode where it's like you're just going to go along with stuff because it's it might be funny. Yeah. Drew, that mission not being our mission being serious and not funny, like we're not just going to protect some grain and also going on shore leave that, that kind of feeling would have made us kind of treat our character situation differently, maybe um, when, because we wouldn't be expecting danger. I don't know. Exactly. If, if this, if this lab was like, you know, in a, on the beach somewhere like <laughs> Hawaii type setting, you know, right. Or, uh, 
maybe it would be a different kind of atmosphere. But I think we also, I mean, I think as a group, and I can certainly speak for myself, you know, being that I've only played, what, once or twice now. Yeah. You know, you, you, it takes a while for characters to um, sort of establish and polish themselves and kind of figure out what their their characteristics are going to be. And so maybe we're still in the middle of that. Um, yeah. And, and also, you know, we tend to be... We have a mission, like like sometimes you know when we play D and D, there is no single mission per se. You know, we just kind of go exploring and mm-hmm. that type of thing, and that that allows for more um, branching out of uh, and trying new things, if you will. But this one was like, well, here's your mission, so we kind of went linear on it. And it it was definitely written more or less linearly. Like there was an option to land in either the A landing site or the B landing site. And it might have been interesting to split the party. That's worked for us well in the past. Oh my gosh, so many really smart suggested that. <clears throat> <laughs> but on the other hand, I'm not sure it would have really made a huge difference in this because, I mean, I don't know. All of the, all of the uh, travel between the two sites was just kind of dull. I mean, so there was all these different types of creatures that they came up with which looked really cool on paper really interesting they they invented weird creatures alien creatures but each encounter fell flat and uh i have to wonder if they they tested this because i don't know it's just like here's a thing and it's like oh it's peaceful or ah, it's not moving we can just walk around it and it was just sort of like i don't know like were any of those were any of those creatures actually dangerous or like aggressive? Yeah, there was the red dervish. Oh yeah, that's right. But see, so I in in the previous module that we ran, there was a, a random encounter table. I'm just letting you behind the screen here for a second, and it was to determine whether you um, ran into the ghosts and whether they would materialize, so you had to fight them. And so he provided the table, but then he also said. Here's how you might dramatically do it. The first few times it happens that they just, you know, they think they might see see something. And then the next time they definitely see them, but they don't materialize. And then the third time they do materialize and then you fight them. So he had an idea of dramatically how that would go. And he still provided the table. So that I was still rolling on it just for uh, the purposes of probability, right? Of how often it would happen. Um. So I think that might have worked a little better in this one to be like you land and then you're attacked by a freaking red dervish and that might set the tone. And then the next, the next one that comes up is a blue dervish, which is the same thing, but it's actually peaceful. And so you might be like, ah, okay. And then you come upon tribbles and you're like, ah, tribbles. But like, I don't know, they could have done more with the tribbles other than just them being present in the module. There, nothing really happened. I feel like they just threw so many different elements in this module, and they're like, "Have fun, have fun with this. Something will happen. I know it." Yeah, and, that's... and they didn't really. Uh, not, there were no real stakes or real any ideas behind it. I think that's a great point. You can't tell somebody to be funny and then expect them to be funny, right? That's like the yeah. best way to get something not funny. Is to be like, "Hey, Andre, tell me the most hilarious joke you've ever heard right now, and make me laugh." 
be really funny. Oh, I, I got one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's a natural, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, but you can't, like, I don't know. I think expecting it to be funny just because you think it's funny when you're writing it. Yeah. I, I think, so this, uh, this game set debuted at a Star Trek convention. And I just have to wonder if they imagined it being like just hardcore Star Trek fans in a sort of party environment, you know, where they were all just ready and willing to just ham it up to the max. And maybe this is a harder thing for our group to, to get going for some reason. Maybe it was the time constraint or maybe it was my pacing. That's uh, interesting. Know, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that because it, I, I could, I guess, see you know if 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 people are in costumes already, kind of larping it already, mm -hmm. you, know, you might be more um, inclined to to just make it a, a humorous role playing thing more than just rolling the dice and let's finish the module kind of thing. But then there was a whole so so like I mentioned, there's a whole section on the personnel files is what they call the personnel files. It's a list of all the characters at the station and their personalities. And it's sort of like the, the one Andorian who's senior is like, uh, is, is too business. You know, he, he doesn't want his science to be disrupted for any reason. And then there's another Andorian who is just kind of a licks. He says, it says he's a yes man and a toady for the other Andorian. And I, okay, so there's a lot of opportunity for me to role play with myself, you know, between my different characters. And, but uh, I, in terms of pacing, how much time did we really want to spend on this? Because then there was a whole thing. We're trying to keep within more or less like a three-hour time period. And we're reaching the end of the three hours, and it's like, and now your compound is being invaded by Klingons. This is obviously the climax of the thing. And and we're sort of like we got to rush this part, so I don't know what they really had in mind for how that would go. I tried to imagine and just be like, well, I imagine that they had in mind that you would use some of these creatures to throw at the Klingons, and it would be just like a hilarious scene of the Klingons getting um, running into Tribbles and running away. Um, so I just I wasn't sure how tactical they wanted it to be, and they didn't give you any hints on that. Not really. They didn't have any ideas. So Cyrano Jones is present, right, in the module, but it's it's again he's just there for like a dun 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 a reveal that's supposed to be funny or like ah you know, but then that's it. He's just kind of there, and he's just kind of like he's he's not really done anything illegal or wrong. He's just the supply guy for the for the compound, and then there's there's Captain Koloff, and he's there, but you don't really get a chance to diplome with him. I know this is something you're chomping at the bit to talk about, Sarah Nicole. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> you wanted to uh, have some interaction with the Klingons that wasn't just fighting. Correct. And Dave Dave shot you down. He so did. maybe we need to have a, a discussion about rank again. We need to revisit that issue. I I did not fight him when he shot me down, but that was a great example of a situation where that whole um, opportunity 
to role play was taken away because my commander said no. And then me as a player, I was like, well, fuck it. Like, yes, my suggestions do not matter in this point. And so that took me out of the role play a lot because I was like, you, you can say this blanket statement about Klingons, but it is not true. If your character feels like that, fine. But you, Dave, know from your extensive knowledge of Star Trek that that's not true of Klingons, that they're incredibly prideful about their diplomacy and their, you know, honor, right? So, Well, Dave knows that. Dave knows more about Star Trek than anybody, but so clearly it was his character talking. I don't know. I have two, two takes on that. Yeah, let's hear it. Number one, there was a um, like a running joke I think he was trying to do. Like, so when you guys arrived at the compound and Aaron was like, we're going to, we want to go talk to the administrator and tell him we got, we got something important to tell him. Right. And then I said, as Navardi, I said, well, would you guys like a tour of the facility first? And instead of saying, yes, sure. He said, no, we got to go and talk to the administrator now. And, um, and that was Aaron talking, right? And then Dave said, well, hold on a second. As commander, I think I have the right to, to decide. And then he said what Aaron said, <laughs> right? So, so I think that was a joke. And that happened a couple more times that he was just uh, asserting his authority. I guess yeah, this was, was a different one. That was adorable and hilarious. And I thought Dave was brilliant, right? This was different. Yeah. What was your second take? I interrupted you. I love you, Philip. My second take is that um, you guys are all lieutenants. And um, so you guys are all technically on the same uh, level. And there's also a tradition of the uh, the Vulcan first officer having a direct line to Starfleet and, and, and being looking over the captain's shoulder and, and being able to report his actions. So all of you guys who are lieutenants have dirt on Dave's character. <laughs> From the previous episode, remember? Oh, that's so you true. Might, you might remind him of that. He's he's already flirting with demotion. Um, so you might, uh, if you if you ever wanted to assert that that he doesn't necessarily have the right to override you guys, you could you could go that route. Okay, Dave, if you're listening, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Dave. If you're listening. Yeah, no, I just I really wanted the opportunity to to have like a diplomatic discussion with that character because that character's so interesting and fun and in and has a long history in the franchise, right? Yeah. Because we see him later in Next Generation, right? And Deep Space Nine, I think. Is it Deep Space Nine? Eric, do you know? Yeah. Okay, fine. Um with Ridges then, right? When he comes back, the ridges. Anyway, yeah, he's he's like a famous diplomat, right? Or famous, like I don't know. So I was pissed because I wanted to talk to him, right? And navigating like how you deal with somebody who's in command, right? But you're also still want to role play. Yeah. But by that point of the evening, I didn't have any fight left in me. I was pooped, you know. And, um, and this would have been something else that the module could have addressed. They could have said, well, the party might try to parlay with the Klingons, in which case, here's what they 
are trying to do. Here's what they want. Here's what they're willing to negotiate with. Here's what they have to offer. I don't know, something. But there was nothing in the module. So in that sense, Dave was right. They were there just to fight and then, you know, uh, try and get away. I don't know. The stakes were pretty vague. It wasn't really clear. What uh, it, it wasn't it's like, like Andre said, it was linear. The Andorians were eventually going to be okay, and the Klingons were eventually, were never eventually going to be okay. There was just no other way that it could turn out. So, despite them throwing all these different elements and saying anything can happen, really, I couldn't really figure out any way for pretty much anything to happen. Like, could Cyrano have then, like, defected to the Klingons or turned out to be on their side or something? I don't know. There's just. There ought to have been some thought given to different ways this could have turned out. And speaking of Cyrano, I, I was kind of half hoping that he would offer something for sale or some kind of artifact or item that mm-hmm. we would have to kind of puzzle over. Wouldn't that have been cool? That, that I mean, cool. What, if, what if we were just coming for shore leave, right? Like just coming to this base to check out the zoo. Right mm-hmm. for a break, and then we came and found Cyrano, and then he was like, "I have this weird thing," and we were like, "Cool, we'll take it on the ship." And then it starts fucking with shit on the ship, and then we had to deal mm-hmm. with that. Right? Look, oh, we yeah. already have a more fun story, right? And meanwhile, we're all drunk and sleeping with all the Andorians, and like then there's stuff happening in the ship, and we have to get back, but we're drunk. I don't know. And there's tribbles everywhere. I, that's already funnier, right? Yeah. Oh you guys well, the are funniest- right. The, the funniest stuff that happened was was ironically from Andre, not from the guy who was like <laughs> knew exactly how to tie in all the jokes because he was super familiar with the show, but the guy who was thinking outside the box, talking about potato guns that you could put the tribbles in, and like poking stuff with a laser rifle. Perfect. Uh, you know, I also took all the Andorians. It was great. My character also took great issue with the with the. the psychological breakdown that uh, Aaron's character had. Um, I, I, I really... A great issue with that. <laughs> well, he was hamming it up. That was fun. That was <laughs> he did a great job. And he kept talking over everyone else. I thought that was hilarious. I love it. Yeah. No, I think... I, I mean, everybody's a good at role play, right? Everybody is. And yeah. we all know each other really well. So if we were all having trouble with the module, right? That's not on you, Philip. Oh, thank you. I, I think I think we're we've moved on from that idea. I guess that was a lame idea. No, okay. So to end this trial, Philip, you're absolved of all responsibility. Thank you. I, I also absolve myself. <laughs> Dree, do you agree uh, with our I, I, I concur, yes. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, do, so do we I get plus one on anything we do next next module for resolving you? <laughs> <laughs> I think Dre and I should both find... Um, plus one on all your romance rolls. <laughs> oh, yeah. We should find a, some kind of interesting object. <laughs> like a ring. That, like, we could have a scene at the beginning with Cyrano Jones... Where he like you know actually does something interesting. Yes. Throw that in there. Oh my god, please. Um, a couple observations I had about the module. It's similar to um, the Slaver Ruins 
in that it's a planet with a menagerie and another team from another race is um, competing with you for something. It just it's just a little too linear and um, and I and I liked the the setting of the slavery ruins better because it was alien to both groups. It was more like both groups were exploring it and less like, um, like well, it's just a facility that's like you know that you know about. But you know, there's room for variety. It just kind of, uh, I guess, I prefer the the slavery ruins in that respect. I just remember, Phil and Sarah Nicole, one thing we didn't really try also was that uh, serum or whatever they were extracting that was supposed to be stimulant of some sort. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. We, we completely you know, missed that. You know, I don't know if there's any more depth to it or not. but No, that's what I'm talking about. Missing no. these big cues, right? Like, that's well, but there another... was nothing in the module about that. It was right, just like, but, that's what they're here to get. But but if and, we had been like, we all take this serum, what happens, Phil? That gives you an opportunity as DM to like, or GM to yeah. be like, well, you all fucking die. Or you get super strength or you turn into one of those ghost things. I don't fucking know. You know, like, it, it, yeah. If they're here to get it and it's so cool, then it's got to be cool. Well, I agree. Thankfully, De Los Santos stuffed a bunch of it in his pants, right? So, uh, no, he had he had something story. else. He had some uh, sedatives, I believe. Oh, we didn't get any super serum. Damn it! Yeah, no, that was a shame too, because your groups, uh, the groups' uh, brains immediately went that way. Like, oh, well, let's take it because that could be fun. Yeah. But there's nothing in the module about that either. I guess the whole like the uh, what were the Klingons going for? They were go coming to get it, but um, I don't know. It was just so vague and kind of behind the scenes. Uh, hearing, um, hearing hearing what you've said about it from your perspective, and hearing that it was written for a convention makes me think that it was just supposed to be fun. There wasn't that yeah. much thought put into like the actual mechanics of the role play. Right? Yeah. It was just supposed to be like, hey, we all know these characters. This will be fun. Tribbles mm -hmm. and Cyrano and Koloth and oh my gosh, yeah. and you can sleep with whoever you want. And there's Andorians there and some cool monsters. Have fun. Yeah. No, it's true. Here's what you can do with it. You can you can Vulcan neck pinch someone. And we did that. That was cool. You know, there's a, a, a new Star Trek story that we're creating with our friends. So that's always fun. Um, another thing I noticed, they had a whole, um, another excuse for you not to use the, um, transporters and not to use your communicators. And I kind of worry about that be being a thing that every module is going to like say, no, nope, we're going to like, just take that off the table with some excuse. And uh, that, that's kind of like a, a bit of a bummer because that's part of the fun, right? Is, is fitting that into, um, into the it's part of the genre that you want to fit into your design rather than just be like nope got to take a shuttle what's with all the shuttles man it's not enterprise it's true shuttles it's true. all the time super annoying um well i mean can you just veto that if you find it in the next module and it doesn't make sense for gameplay or story yeah i can well, I, don't, I feel like we want to give each module um, 
a crack since we're reviewing it. We're going to give it a crack on its own terms a little bit. That's but fair. you know, every every GM worth his salt is going to um, to modify things for the group. So so if I'm going to go on trial, I want to be able to say, well, I modified it because I thought it would make it better. Um, because any any game master will do that. So I did a little bit. I'll try better. Um, one thing you, that's going to come into play is that we're really... <laughs> you're absolved. I know, I know. Um, let me talk about myself. One more thing. Oh, um, we're we're committed to this format of like one adventure uh, per night, and I think that's great because even when it's a dud, then it's over with. We kind of hit all the the important points, hopefully, and we're we're at least competent to review it more than someone who just read it. Um, but as the modules get longer it's going to be harder and harder to distill. So that's going to be a challenge for me to really um, study it and, and try and boil it down and maybe let it um, go in different ways. Well, do we have to happen. do that? Can we not just split it into two nights or two episodes? We might eventually get to ones where it makes sense for them to be an awesome two-parter. Something like this... If we were to really spend the whole first part just role-playing with uh, the people at the compound and then the whole second part um, running through hallways and tripping up Klingons um, with, with different monsters, I don't think that would be a super worthwhile use of our time. No, so, this one I think was a one-nighter, but yeah. if it's super great or there's a lot happening and we need to split it up, I think it's okay to do a to-be-continued. Yeah. But I like the one nights. I mean, yeah, it is nice because if it's really terrible, we can just be like, okay, that's done. Well, that's done, right? And and the next one is going to be different. So, yeah. Any more thoughts, Andre? No, I I think uh, I agree with you guys that uh, one nighters are working out. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's it, it's it has a start and a finish. Uh, if you didn't die, you know, you get to continue. <laughs> uh, but D&D, of course, runs or other RPGs run, the modules run for, you know, years, as we know. So I think it would be cool to have a bit of a mix. But I'm okay with, with a few a few more one-nighters just to kind of get our feet wet and figure out characters. Yeah. I like that too. I'm going to tell you guys one more idea I had, which is completely out of order. But um, when I was talking about how the module's written to assume that you're the Enterprise crew, um, it would have it would have been kind of cool if like then some someone in the group was playing Cyrano Jones, and that they had like a more defined agenda, I guess. But like I don't really see necessarily that in every game, every player has to be a Starfleet member. I think um, a lot of episodes had a guest. A special guest who was basically a PC, like a main character in the episode. Mm -hmm. So um, it would be cool. It would have been cool for someone to play Cyrano Jones potentially if everyone else was playing, like Captain Kirk and whatever, so that the the, the complete burden wouldn't be on the DM to try and play the Klingons and play the Administrator and play the Andorians and play Cyrano Jones. Um, not that I'm not capable, but at some point it's like it's the Philip show. You know, and that you guys are like watching my show. I don't know. It just seems 
Um, you know, you could keep like uh, when Eric left Laurent on the ship, and then he played a red shirt. Mm-hmm. I think that was super fun for him. So I think if you had these characters already rolled up, like if you have backstory and numbers for them, yeah, th- that a lot of us would be interested and eager to do that. And you have an ability to do that by just leaving people on the ship and you can check yeah. in with their on the ship character as well. But I think Should've that would be that. super fun. Yeah. Cause we could have done that for all these people who apparently were on the, in the compound who had these backstories and stuff. Like, yeah, we could have got real weird. Wouldn't been fun. Well, let's keep that in mind. Let's do it. That's a good idea. Sweet. Phil, well, let's move you... on to. Go ahead. Yeah. Did do you see any reviews on the internet for this module? Not really. We talked about the one in our, our last episode. Um, people reviewing the whole rule set, and and usually they don't really talk about the adventures very much. One review said, "Oh, by the way, let me talk about the uh, adventures that come with this." Um, they all look, you know, okay, but they, <laughs> but this one, this one about the. Uh, the Tribbles really stands out. That one really looks like it could be a lot of fun. So we kind of had a little high hopes for this, and um, and it by well, we're about to to score it. So let's let's do that, shall we? Let's okay, let's move on. <laughs> well, let's 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 move on. So, Andre, each week we score the uh, adventure that we ran. It's a score of one to ten, and on a warp factor scale. Factor one would be not so great. Warp factor ten would be out of this system. <laughs> oh my god! Out of this You're system. welcome. Oh my goodness. Sarah Nicole, <laughs> how would, would you like to start? I give it a four. A four. I did not have as much fun as I usually do. Yeah. I think it was the module's fault. Okay, Andre. Four is what actually came into my mind as well. Nice. Good choice. Okay. I'm going to give it a two. <laughs> oh, man, you guys. I was so frustrated with this one. Philip hated it. It was really hard to run. It was like the opposite of, of Ghost of Conscience. In Ghost of Conscience, um, everything that he wrote that might happen or could happen happened and and happened well. Nothing fell flat. In this one... Everything fell flat. Every scene was like, oh, this could happen. And it might or it might not have happened, but then it just like was lame. There was the best part of the adventure was the scene that we got we just completely made up by ourselves where people were fighting and getting drunk and hitting on each other. And um and that was a hell of a lot of fun. And that's that's gonna happen in an RPG. Um so it wasn't a zero. Just because we had that opportunity, and there were um, there were tribbles, so that we kind of eked out a little bit of humor from that, and we got to see Klingons and weird aliens, which were creative, but but they fell flat. I mean, I I would I'd almost want to give it a one, just because I had such a hard time with this. Even the the fun parts were a little bit forced. Like we gotta be having fun, so let's have fun. Let's do something fun. Be funny. Do it. Be funny. Be silly, please. 
So I, I gave it a two just because, again, it was one of the very, very first, and they were breaking new ground, and uh, they were trying a bunch of stuff, and it was inventive. It wasn't completely lame. But yeah, I'm going to go with a two. I hope the next one's better. I do, too. Well, that's our review of, again, Troublesome Tribbles, and we hope you like what you heard. If you did, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. We also want to hear from you, so visit our website at www.rpgpopclub.com or email us at rpgpopclub at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought or if there's a module you would love for us to review. What module are we doing next week, Phil? I'm glad you asked. We're doing In the Presence of My Enemies. This is the third module in this uh, adventure book that came with the FASA Star Trek set. And what do people say about it? I have not found a darn thing about it. Maybe it's just the genericness of the name. Hmm. Or or maybe it's just not a great one. So let's set, let's set our expectations <laughs> low and, and be willing to be uh, pleasantly excited. Ple ple pleasantly uh, surprised. So we're going to watch... Um, it's, it involves Klingon, so we're going to watch Errand of Mercy, which is the first uh, episode ever to have Klingons and sort of sets the stage for their relationship with the Federation. Cool. So more yeah. opportunities for panic attacks from... Oh, yeah. yeah oh, he'll be a basket case. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Dree, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks, Andre. Thank you guys for inviting me. I had a lot of fun. We had fun with you, and we're really happy that you're playing with us. That sounds a little dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hold on, let me roll for wood. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Yeah.